You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. The roar just gets me ready to go. Good morning, Aaron Hawksworth and PJ Glasser with you this morning. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up at 1040, BetMGM lead trader Seamus McGee will join us. Can't wait to ask him what people are betting on and what crazy bets he's seen come in lately. And at 11, we have Jeremy Kahn, co-host of the Big Bad Morning Show. That's 6 to 10 Eastern on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Looking forward to that, PJ. But first, a game that I just wanted to stay away because I was a baby. I I didn't have a strong opinion on Kansas TCU, but... uh, Tough outing. It seemed like nothing was going in for TCU last night. So Kansas gets the win, gets the the road win. So that was important. They beat TCU on the road 63-58. And dare I say, the Jayhawks looking like national champs again, PJ. Aaron, Kansas has 14 quad one wins right now. To put that in context, teams like Alabama, Iowa, Northwestern, they're tied for sixth right now amongst teams in the country with quad one wins. They only have seven. So Kansas has double that amount of points. Like you said, they're they're looking like uh, championship contenders. They're peaking at the right time. They're still, I mean, they're right in the conversation for the number one overall seed because they play in the Big 12. They're going to continue to play good teams. Houston's really not going to play too many teams as one of the teams in front of them. And Bama, same thing. You know, Bama's got Arkansas upcoming on Saturday. They still have to play Texas A&M. They could have some good games waiting in the SEC tournament. But Kansas right now, Aaron, if they keep winning – Their trajectory, I mean, they're on their way to get a number one overall seed. And what's been big for them, so much of the year, the team's really been Jalen Wilson and everybody else. But now they're starting to get contributions from Grady Dick and their point guard, Dewan Harris. And they're starting to get um, Kevin McCuller going, the transfer from Texas Tech. So really impressive win from Kansas last night. Aaron, I saw a crazy stat since Bill Self has been to Kansas, been at Kansas, TCU was attempting to be the third team ever to sweep Kansas in the regular season. Obviously, that didn't happen. Isn't that crazy, though? I I heard that, too, and I was like, wow. So my question is, is this a missed opportunity for TCU? Do you think they still have, you know, a chance to make a deep run come tournament time? I mean, 
The Horn Frogs, 15 of 48 from inside the arc, and they left eight eight points out there from the free throw line. You just you can't beat Kansas and have an off night like that. It just that's tough. It's just really tough to do. Uh, but I do think TCU does some things well. They defend the three well. Um, you know, they they're pretty good in other areas. But I just don't know. I mean, they needed to get that. If if they were able to sweep Kansas, I think that would have been very impressive. So are you higher or lower? Or are you not going to overreact when it comes to TCO? Yeah, I, it wasn't a big overreaction game for me. You just mentioned they really struggled from the field. They're a really good offensive team. I think the important thing for TCU, they just have to continue to stay healthy. You know, they finally have gotten Mike Miles back. Their big man, Eddie Lampkin, has come back. When TCU's at full strength, they're a really, really good team. Their upside is making the Final Four. But last night's game was just one of those games where both teams are really good offensively. Both struggle to score at times. The total, as we talked about, was 151.5, and and it ends up being 63-58. to They combined for 121 points. They went 30 points under the total. So it, it was just a game that was really unexpected in terms of the scoring. I don't think there's really any big takeaways other than I think it was big for Kansas to show that they can win a kind of game like that because Mm -hmm. their offense is so good. They're usually winning games in like the high 70s, 80s, 90s. For them to win a slugfest like that in the low 60s, I I thought was a good thing for them. I'm glad you brought up quad one because I was looking at that as well. You know the next closest team to Kansas in quad one victories? You know who that is? Uh, Purdue, Purdue, friggin' new. So yeah, I just wanted to rub that into the audience and to everyone who's been throwing some shade at me towards. What uh, about Purdue. in the last and two weeks? <laughs> perhaps that hasn't helped their chances, Jake. But where's your Houston team? Oh, they only have four quad one wins. They're Listen, saving I'm them for the NCAA. I'm being tournament. a jerk today. I'm I'm just They're bringing the fire to. <laughs> They're saving like it up. It. Okay. You got it. You got to stick. You got to stick by your guns. You took Purdue. You got to roll with them. My my saying, my motto, I perdon't with Purdue. I just, they're one of those teams. They've burned me so many times. I just can't do it. I can't do it. Listen, I've never been burned by them yet. I have a feeling it is coming if we're being completely honest, but it's all right for now. I'm uh, I'm doubling down and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, my Purdue team is I think they have yeah nine quad one wins. So let's go, let's go Purdue. It's pretty good. Who's that team in so March what, Madness that does always like that always screws you over? You always you know, take them and never do well. I heard something interesting, um, Seth Greenberg on another podcast. So you know how we've been talking about how good the Big 12 is. He brought up the fact that he might be a little concerned about the Big 12 come tournament time because of the physicality of play. And we saw that game, bodies flying everywhere. It was a super physical game and the refs were letting them play, PJ. And and so Seth's point is, are we going to see the refs quicker to blow the whistle come tournament time. And could that actually hurt some of these big 12 teams early in the early rounds? I thought it was an interesting point. What do yeah, you think? I, I definitely think it is. I mean, we've seen this before. I feel like it's with the big 10, especially like, I think conference fatigue is a thing. You know, these teams so well, you know, their scouting reports, you know how they want to play. You see them twice a year. 
And when you get out of that and you get into a one and done tournament setting and, you know, maybe the game's officiated differently, obviously you have the same refs in conference play and it's just a rotation. So you're seeing these guys throughout the year, you know how they call games. I definitely think we were talking a little bit about that yesterday. The Big 12 unquestionably is the best conference in college basketball. With that being said, though, would not shock me if we only see like one or two teams in the Elite Eight. Like, I think Kansas State, Iowa State, TCU, Oklahoma State, like those those could be some teams to possibly fade. Maybe even Kansas, because again, they're a team like when they're really, really good rolling, that they can win the national championship. But when they're not, uh, they can get upset. Kansas State, another uh, early future I have as well. Love what Jerome Tang has been able to do with that squad, but I'm with you. And I think one less early lesson is like, I probably shouldn't fire away on so many college basketball futures until I know the path. Like, it's am I kind of just lighting my money on fire? I mean, we kind of need to see the brackets. You're going to get better value, but it's kind of like, what am I doing? It, I have yeah, way exactly. too many futures. The there's two sides of it. Like if there's value, you just can't pass up on a team. I, I think if you like a team, regardless of path, you got to take it. But I usually don't yeah. bet futures until I see the bracket. I'm with you. All right. So in the NBA, uh, the Bucks got some really good news when it comes to Giannis. He has a ligament sprain and avoided serious damage to his injured right wrist. So great news for the Bucks and for Giannis and also for any of our listeners who may have some Bucks futures. I think that's got to be a bit of a sigh of relief there. So the Bucks back in action Friday night, of course, we're in the middle of the all-star break. So some time off there, which should be good for Giannis to get some treatment. I don't, is there a timetable on when he's going to return or is this kind of like a day-to-day -day situation probably? I mean, yeah, I think the report was day-to-day -day and they were going to, they're obviously going to be cautious the Bucks are a playoff team and we were talking about the East yesterday outside of Boston and Milwaukee it's kind of tough to find a team not to or a team to like to come out of the Eastern Conference that's not one of those two but Aaron I think Whale Capper was up to something yesterday and we had Drew Densick on the Cavaliers to win the Central they're four and a half games back right now and I know how much you like the Cavs but mm -hmm. uh with this Giannis injury even though they're saying it might be only a couple games. They're going to be really cautious with him. While Cleveland is going to continue to play their guys and try and improve and try and get a yep. better seed. So I do like the value on the Cavs there in that central division. And I want to say um, off the top of my head, strength of schedule, I think the Cavs have an, are in good shape there too as well. But yeah, I mean, even he could re-aggravate his wrist. They could be very cautious with him and limit his minutes. So I think it's still a good look, even though I saw the positive news for Giannis. I wasn't like crying over that uh, future that uh, Drew Dinsick suggested the the Cavs to win the division. So I still like that at plus 550. Let's look at some NBA MVP odds. Um, so Giannis is still uh, seven to one. We've got Embiid plus 450 and then Jokic at minus 250. Is there any value here? Do you think, I didn't think Jokic would win it again for a third straight year. I didn't I either. just thought, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on that. And now here he is as the overwhelming favorite to win the NBA MVP. Do you think this is just the Jokers to lose now? 
I do. I do. And a big part of it is just because he's so durable. Like your best ability is availability. <laughs> I truly believe that. If if he stays healthy, like he's going to win the award, especially with the way that Denver has been playing. I guess your only hope if you're looking for somebody down the board would probably be Embiid. And you just hope that Denver slides. Maybe Memphis wins the one seed or somebody like that. And then maybe Philly catches Brooklyn or Boston and gets like a top seed. And then Maybe you could see a case where Embiid wins it. I was with you, though, Aaron. I was like, there's just no way that Jokic is winning the MVP three years in a row. Like, if LeBron never did it, if Michael Jordan never never did it. And I understand, like, you had guys like Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Larry Bird, like legends that have done it. But Jokic just isn't, like, that marketable, right? We all know what a great player he is, but he's not like a Steph Curry, a LeBron James, a Kevin Durant. But the dude's numbers just get better and better every year, and this is the best Nuggets team that he's been a part of, so I do think he's going to win it again. What did you make of the fact that he was the second last to be picked in the All-Star game? I thought, well, I thought that? that. I'm like, the MVP is not getting picked? Like, I almost wanted to give him a hug. I felt a little sad. It just, I think there's, well, the couple, the funny parts about it. One, I think LeBron might have taken Markinen before him because Markinen was the hometown guy. So I think Jokic got up early to avoid him being picked last. Being That's last. Why, being last. LeBron I, had no choice. I was choice like, man, are these guys low-key haters? Like, they just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you make of that because he does seem like a likable guy. But yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want—I wouldn't want to be on his bad side, or I wouldn't want to make his brothers mad either. They seem <laughs> dangerous. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying? He seems kind of goofy and funny. I'm kind of like, what did Jokic do wrong to almost get picked last? I just think it's the way he plays. You know, he's like—he's a big man that scores, but he's pass first, right? And. Guys in the All-Star game, you want the John Morants, you want the Damian Lillards, the Jason Tatums, you want the flashy guys, right? Because it is a fan event at the end of the day. I really don't think it's too much of a knock on Jokic, more so just his game isn't built to play in an All-Star game. But I did think it was funny that he got up before marketing because I really do think LeBron would have taken Lowry if uh, if Jokic didn't stand up. So would have been something if the possible three-time MVP was the last starter picked in the All-Star game. I agree. I agree. All right. And then we've got a couple resident Bulls fans here on the show. So I've got to get the reaction. Pat Bev expected to join the Bulls. And all I can think about is what a menace Patrick Beverly was last year in the playoffs. Mario and Jake, do you like this? It's not official yet, but it sounds like it's going to happen. Who cares? I. Uh- who cares? It doesn't matter. This team stinks. They all hate each other. It doesn't matter. Once they win like three games in a row and Pat Bev's throwing his jersey into the crowd, great. I, I, like, I just can't wait for Pat Bev to like punch Zach Levine in the face or something. It's like, who cares? It's a whole nothing. It's stupid. It's dumb. It makes zero sense. What he's gonna rally up the locker room? He's gonna have everybody come together. Like he doesn't bring three point shooting that they need. He helps them on defense. Great. They're already defense isn't the problem and scoring the freaking basketball. Makes no sense. The guy told Steph Curry it's my time like four years ago and he's over thirty years old. So it's good. It's good stuff. Bulls still suck. Chicago sports still suck. Um, and what does it know, say I'm, about Pat Bev? This is like his third team now, right? In a year? 
Yeah. Lakers. Bulls. Fourth. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I lost track. Insane. No, nobody wants this guy, but we're like, all right, season turned around. Great. Sick. And he yeah. seems more concerned about his podcast and being on TV than he does maybe playing. Maybe he's rubbing people the wrong way because of his media stuff. I don't, I don't know. What do you think, PJ? Yeah, I just, if you're Pat Bev, like, why make this move? Wouldn't you want to go to a championship contender? I just, I don't get it from really nobody both wants sides, what either one benefits. Yeah, nobody wants him. It's true. <laughs> this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, which MLB teams got better and who got worse? That's next on the BetQL Network.